Mark chapter 2, starting with verse 1. Would you remain standing with me as we read this gospel together? A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, I love that sound, don't you? The people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and then Jesus, and then lowered the, man, uh, the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to a paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that your son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, he took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like that. Father, I thank you for allowing us to come together to hear from you today. And so I pray that you speak to us all in the way that you need us to hear you. Father, I know last night you placed a different track, a different way on my heart. And I'm excited to see how you're going to move through your message today. So, so remove me out of the picture, Father. And let me hear from you. We love you, Jesus, and we praise you. In your name, amen. Amen. I love, love, love this passage because there are so many different things that go into this and uh, I absolutely love uh, even from from square one here Jesus is is returning back to his home so that he can now preach and and minister to people from from where he was from as he comes in and uh, and, and I love this because as we process through the scripture in verse two it's as simple as this there were so many people there the walls were bursting. They couldn't even walk through a door because as they were processing and trying to walk through a door, the door was crammed and nobody else could get into this place. Then it hits me. I, I was talking to my wife last night about this. I said, you know what? That had to be one heck of a sermon because he was preaching the word and he was the word. And so that had to be something really special to be able to hear. But the people were not showing up to hear a word from Jesus. That was the thing. These people were showing up because they were expecting healing to take place. They were expecting to see miracles take place. But Jesus had a different agenda that night. And as he was sitting there and he was preaching the word and he was sharing with them, then this group of guys shows up. 
Now, I want you to think about this for just a moment, okay? As they show up, they're approaching this house. The place is packed out, and they're trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to do? How is this going to happen? How are we going to make this work? Because here they probably traveled a good distance. They didn't have cars to throw their buddy into, and so they carried him, and he was laying on a mat, and these guys end up showing up, and, and, and the door is blocked. They cannot get this guy in. No matter what they try, they're not going to be able to get him in. But I wonder this. How many times do we show up, a door is blocked, a door is closed, and we revert to this. This must not be God's will today. This must not be God's will today. Doors, the door is blocked. So, I mean, could you imagine going that far? And those four guys looking at each other going, oh my goodness, the door's blocked. That's not in your will today, buddy. Sorry, let's carry you on back. No, they were like, oh no, we got you this far. There's a door. There's an opening. There's a place that we're going to go. And we're going to make this happen one way or another. You know, so many times, this is the deal, is so many times we are met with that opposition and we miss the opportunity that God is truly giving us in that time. And in that time, it was to get, to get a little dirty and, uh, and to, to find a new way to do things. And, and my burden this week has been, what's going to take place next for us in Ohio, in the country, for a church, as a church? And I know that, that that weighs heavy on our hearts because if, if things happen and we're not able to meet and then it's like, oh my goodness, then what do we do? How does this happen? What goes on? And the door just seems like it's closing. It must not be God's will for things to be taking place. The door is closing. And so this is the easy way of going about it. We're just not going to open. We're not going to have church for a little bit. But that's not the deal. That's not what these guys saw. And that's not what we see. What we see is simple as this, that another door is there. Sometimes we can't see it. Sometimes God isn't just saying, here's the open door. Here's where you walk through. Sometimes it's about finding that opportunity. And so I believe wholeheartedly that through this passage, we are called to quite a few different things. And one of the biggest things is this call for relationship healing. God works miracles and he heals in relationships, through relationships together. And so when one door closes or one door is so packed we can't walk through it, we find a new way to get the point across, to minister to each other. And so here we are together now, but in a couple weeks, who knows what that looks like. And so this is my challenge to us is to not look at that as a closed door, but to look at that as an opportunity for us to now call people and call people into our own homes to watch the, to watch the church together in a small group fashion that we're able to then reach people on individual levels at their needs, at their capacities, and their opportunities. Those are opportunities missed when we don't do that step, when we don't take that step. We call those fam groups, we call those watch parties, coming together in small group settings so that we can glorify God, experience God in new ways together. And sometimes that's what that looks like. And these guys, these guys in the passage, I absolutely love this because what do they do? They, 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 they don't see a way in, and so they decide they're going to make a way in. And so... Usually back then, these houses, they, they were made out of a, a wood frame construction, and then the roof was a flat roof, and it was made of twigs and branches and, and straw and mud, and all these different things went on top of, and it was usually a flat roof, and there was always some type of a way to get up there. 
And so here are these guys, they, they're trying to figure out, okay, which way are we going to go? Is it the south entrance? Is it the, the east entrance? And they said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go up on the roof, and we're going to carry you up on the roof with us. And I, and I imagine this conversation going a little bit like this, all right? They were, like, protecting the guy on the ground because they didn't want him to know what they were getting ready to do. So they were like, hey, Jethro, we're going to go up on the roof. And their guy was like, what? No, no, we're not leaving. We're going to go up on the roof. And the guy down here, he's laying on his mat going, what? What did you say? No, 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 no. We're going we're to go up there. And so they grab him, and, and, and they don't want him to know that they're getting ready to go drop him through a ceiling. And so they carry him up the steps. And, and the guy on the mat, he can't do anything because he's just kind of laying there. But what I love about this is that the four guys, they could have just left in disappointment. I believe that the man on the mat probably experienced disappointment his entire life. He couldn't walk. He couldn't dance. He couldn't couldn't jog. He couldn't do things with his friends. And so he was already used to disappointment. But his friends, they were like, we're not going to be disappointed today. We know that God, we know that Jesus can heal you. And so they take him up on the roof. And I love this because they start digging through the roof. It wasn't like they just opened a ceiling tile and, and kind of dropped them down. They started digging through the roof. And so picture this with me. They're digging through the roof, and here Jesus is, he's preaching the word, and you know what's good, you know what he's saying is, is amazing, and he's getting his point across, and all of a sudden, as he's preaching, he starts getting a little dust falling on his head. And then, and then twigs start falling down, and then dirt is everywhere, and Jesus just like, whoa, come on, man, like I was doing my thing, what are you doing? And then they, they lower the man down to the ground. Now, uh, this is the way I imagine it happening. I don't think they had enough rope to lower him all the way to the ground. So they probably got like halfway there and dropped the guy. And so maybe he landed on his back. He's down there at the feet of Jesus. I'm going to stop right there for a second. I'm going to ask you this question. Who are your four? You see, he had four friends that were willing to take him places and to not let failure be an option. And I challenge you, who are those four for you? Do you have those four? If you don't have those four, then how do you get those four? You know, for me, for a while, I was looking at this going, oh, man, who could be the four for some of my friends that I'm, that I'm thinking of? And it's like, man, if you don't have those four close friends, you need to rely on Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit. And I promise you something right now. I will always be there for you. Pastor Doug will always be there for you. Pastor Jules will always be there for you. All it is is a phone call, and you will get through the things in your life. But if you have those four friends, I want you to think about this for a second. Are those four friends, are they leading you to the feet of Jesus, or are they leaving you in disappointment? Are those friends willing to take you and literally drop you at the feet of Jesus so that you can have those breakthroughs in life? Or are they leading you to other places? Those four friends were so important because when it comes down to it, there are miracles in relationships, and we need that. We need each other. We cannot go through life without one another. And when things get bad and it doesn't seem like there's ever a break, it's us that, that rely on each other to feed, to grow, to nurture, to keep us accountable because it's so easy to fall to temptation whenever you're in lockdown. It's so easy to fall to what it is the enemy is trying to put in your head because you can no longer be around the group, but we have to rely on each other. 
I'm telling you, this is, is some incredible stuff when you look at how these four good friends led him to the feet of Jesus. I love this, all right? I was like bouncing back and forth. Which gospel are we going to look at here? And so in Matthew, Matthew, this is, this is how it goes in Matthew, all right? Listen to me real quick. Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town, all right? Mark didn't say anything about jumping in the boat, all right? He entered his own town. Then in verse 2, some men brought to him a paralyzed man laying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to a man, take heart and your sins are forgiven. That's in Matthew. He doesn't say anything about the four men carrying him up on a roof. It's all in perspective. You see, for Matthew, what stood out was, was the idea that this man was healed. He wasn't just healed physically, but he was healed spiritually. And that stood out to Matthew. That is what got Matthew going. That's what Matthew was excited about. But Peter, who we believe is, is one that, that told Ma or Mark what to write, all right, Peter saw something a little bit different. And this is why. A lot, of, a lot of scholars and people believe that that was Peter's house that Jesus was in. And so Peter's sitting there thinking, you went through my roof, sir, and I'm going to remember that. And he wanted to point that out. He was thinking, you went through my roof, and we are going to make a deal of this. There was a mess. There was, there was repairs that had to be made. There was all these different things that had to happen. But Matthew saw the miracle and the healing and, and what took place, and that trumped everything else. And I love it, because as Jesus is preaching, they lower him down to his feet. I want to say that again. When Jesus was preaching, they lowered him down to his feet. You know, uh, as, they, as they continue on, Jesus, Jesus uh, sees this man, and, and he says that because, because of their faith, he, he healed them of their sin, of his sin, and, and, and forgave him for his sins. And, and when I read that, and just kind of sat for a second, you've got to think what these four guys are kind of thinking here. All right, these four friends, they're up on the roof, they're looking in, their friend is laying there on a mat, here Jesus is with him, he just stopped preaching, all these people around him, tons and tons of people all around, they are not social distancing by any means, and then all of a sudden, Jesus just says, Son, I forgive you of your sins. And the four friends are probably up on the roof going, what? Your sins? What are you talking about? No, 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 no. We carried him up, brought him to your feet so you could physically heal him. But here's the thing is that Jesus saw something so much bigger in his life that Jesus needed to, to heal him spiritually before he healed him physically. Let me ask you this question. What do you do when God heals what you need and not what you want? I think a lot of times we put ourselves in these places where we're begging God to, to do something in our lives. And we don't even see what the real problem is. We don't really see the, 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 the part that's down here. And all we want is here. We want surface. God, heal me so I can walk. And Jesus says, no. Like, I know that that's what you want. But this is what you need. You need a clean slate. You need a clean spirit. You need to see what it's all about. You know, maybe God, maybe Jesus is preparing you for miracles and the breakthroughs. 
I believe that. I believe that as he works in us, sometimes it doesn't go the exact way that we wanted it, just as that went. But he's preparing us for the breakthroughs that are about to take place. And what his friends did got him forgiven. What the humans did was they got him healed. What the humans did, what the, what the haters did, what the Pharisees did, what the religious people did was they got him healed. And why did they get him healed? Because they questioned Jesus. You see, Jesus healed him spiritually, and then Jesus heard in what they were thinking, and he said, oh, man, you're going you're gonna to talk that way? Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? They didn't say that out loud. They weren't speaking that to one another. Jesus heard it. He knew what they were thinking, and immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts, and he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to, to, to tell a man to get up and, and walk or, or to heal him and forgive him of his sins? And I love this because I believe in our lives, there's a, we, we get faced with a lot of opposition. We, we find ourselves in some fights and some wars, and we're, we're trying to figure out how things happen and which way things go and, and, and what's going to happen next. And, and people just tend to, like, get in our way. And we're like, get out of our way, man. Like, come on, what are you doing? But I believe that God uses that to catapult us to new places. He challenges us through those things. And so here he is. He forgives him for his sins. And then all of a sudden, he hears what they're thinking, and he takes it another step further. He heals him physically, tells him to get up, take his mat, and walk. And it was because of those haters, because of those people that were challenging him, that Jesus turned around and said, nah, you know what? You're healed. Get up and go. Faith, faith is not seeing that his sins are healed or that his sins are forgiven. But he took that a step further and he said, here, this man has so much faith that when I say to him, pick up his mat and walk, something he has not done, he picks it up and he walks off. That is faith to say that. It's so easy to say, oh, I know you didn't heal me. But he says, okay, grabs his mat, gets up, and he walks and carries his mat off. You're going to be met with opposition. When we, when we were doing things with this church and putting things together, there were different, different people that came in and was like, oh, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know what's going to happen with this. And, and, and all these different things. And, and things, were, things were great. It was awesome. Like a lot of time we felt defeated. But when God intervened and he said, no, 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 like I promise you there is a way that this is going to happen. This is what we're calling you to right here. This is what it's going to look like. And we leaned heavy on him to know that what he was doing and what he was calling us to was going to happen in such big ways. And I believe that he continues to show himself time and time and time again. People didn't trust what God was doing. People didn't trust what God was doing. I had friends that just, they questioned everything that we were doing as a church. They questioned everything that we were pushing for. They questioned even the fact that we were going into uncharted territories. That Kristen and I weren't going to be able to make it. That this would be the end of my ministry. Because they'd been a part of church plants and they saw how ugly it could get. But God said, let me show you what I'm capable of. Let me show you what's going to happen. 
let me show you how I work when you are placed at my feet. When you find yourself in a posture ready to receive from me what it is that I have. And God will work in the way that he sees fit. There's miracles in those relationships. There are miracles in those relationships that you're going to form. There's miracles in the relationships that you're going to form at home. In those churches in in your front living room. I believe that regardless of what takes place with COVID, that there's going to be watch parties far more than what we see right now. I believe that God is going to keep calling us to plant fam groups all around, not just right here in this area, but all around the country and even throughout the world. I believe that God is going to continue to work in such big ways that we'll never understand how it's even possible. But we know it's possible through him. And then we see the miracles through healing. Through physical healing, through emotional healing, healing from from chains that have tied us down for so long that we haven't even been able to see through it. I love that song we were singing that that he still moves the mountains. He still does these things in our lives. He still works in big ways and miraculous ways and in ways that we can't even tend to comprehend. But he will continue to work and continue to heal. I know today that, that there are people here, there's people online right now that are struggling that are trying to figure out what that next step looks like. It seems that that they've been praying and praying for this miracle to happen, but it just hasn't taken place yet. And I don't believe that there's a, I don't believe that there's a reason for that. I believe that God is working in his way. And maybe that's another miracle that's taking place right now for you. Maybe he's working another part of you so that when he heals that brokenness, that you're ready to go. That you can see what it is that he's doing. Maybe right now you're so blinded to what it is that he's even working in your life that he just needs to free that. I ask everybody in this room just to kind of close your eyes for a moment. Just focus in on what he has for you right now. In the busyness of life and the chaos of life, it's, it's very easy for us to lose sight. But in these moments that there's nothing that worries us right now, we put those aside. We put those on the shoulders of Jesus. And we allow him to work in us, to show us. Maybe it's that miracle of forgiveness that he just works in our lives to to clean our slate free, to lift us from bondage, to lift us from from strongholds, to break the chains that are tying us down. Maybe we didn't even realize that there were chains tying us down, but God is revealing to you that this is something that needs to be worked on. He has a miracle for you. He has a purpose for you. He's calling you. He calls each and every one of us but it's in steps. 
just as we saw that man lying on a mat before he could get up and walk he had to be healed spiritually and God works in miraculous ways Father I thank you so much for speaking I know sometimes we expect it to be this loud, monstrous voice, but sometimes it's as subtle as a whisper. Sometimes you speak through our friends, through music, through scripture. And we need to be obedient to hear from you, Father. To be humble enough to know that it's you speaking. And so I ask you today, to work in our lives, to show us those spots that we don't even see. That man wasn't even thinking that he needed to be forgiven, but you worked in his life and he knew that that is exactly what had to take place. Father, work through us. Shape us, mold us, call us, speak to us. We're obediently waiting on you, Father, to show us the way. Father, continue to move the mountains. Continue to move those blinders so we can see you more clearly. Because as we, as we talked last week, that even the faith of a mustard seed can move a mountain. The faith of those men that brought that man to the roof and dropped him down to your feet. faith that they had, that that would take place, that that would happen, Father. That's incredible faith. And so as we lay our burdens at your feet, as we lay our strongholds at your feet today, I pray that we don't leave those, that we, we leave those there, that we don't take those with us, that we don't leave here worried, but we leave here energized. We leave here ready and expectant for what it is that you have in our lives, Father. So we thank you. We thank you in advance for what it is that you are going to do because I know that you are going to work in huge ways. We love you. We praise you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen.